0: Let's begin. Oh my goodness, Warriors. I am so excited to bring you this episode. This year, I'm so proud of the episodes that we have on the Fertility Warriors, and I feel like I've been diving into some really interesting topics. And when a person asks, that probably means that there's a lot of people asking the same questions. So I want to talk to you today about what I would do differently. On my fertility journey. And I'm going to work in a download of these things for people who are on my email list. So do make sure that you go in and you sign up to my email list. If you go to slash workshop, that is where you should find the best info that I have out there. But what I'm going to talk to you today about is what would I have done differently on my journey like if I had my time again what would I do differently and so I've sat here and I've had a really good think about this warriors and today I'm going to share with you I think it's about four or five things that I'd have done differently but I can't really tell you what I've have done differently if I don't tell you what I think I did that I did right at the same time because I actually did quite a lot on my fertility journey and I don't think it's an accident that I fell pregnant as soon as I did which is to say like it still took us a year of trying on our own and then we were at a fertility clinic for a year but you know I had great hormone levels you know I got my uterine lining under control and we fell pregnant on the first cycle of our second retrieval so it was our third transfer all up and I don't think that's an accident that we fell pregnant at that time rather than falling pregnant you know like five years later I worked really hard to try and make sure that we had everything in our favor so thank you so much for tuning in I am thrilled bits that you tune in every week. If you ever wanted to make my day, the best way to do that would be to write a review for me on iTunes or your favorite podcast editor. iTunes uses those reviews to, I guess, let people know whether or not it's something that they should, you know, that Apple should suggest to them in their podcasts or, you know, bumps us up the rankings. And I'm also a human being, so it makes my head swell just a little bit and you make my day when you write a review. So thank you so much. If you have already written a review, my podcast manager, Monica, points them out to me and it always makes my day. So if you ever wanted to make my day, please send me a review on the podcast. So... not a big fan of super long intros. I wanted to get straight into it. So like I said, important for me to talk first about the things that I did that I think I did right. So the number one thing that I did that I'm really proud I did on my fertility journey was to see a naturopath. And I saw naturopath, Kirsty, who specialized in fertility we went on a cleanse, you know. I did everything with her. And one of the reasons that I'm so glad I saw her and I continued seeing her, there was a certain point where she was like, You know, you kind of don't really need to see me anymore. And I was like, No, no, I need to see you. And I would see her every three to four weeks on an ongoing basis. And I needed that because. This is kind of in the times before fertility coaches, before all of these kind of things. And she was almost like my therapist, you know, and I mentioned that I didn't quite do the emotional piece right, but she was there stopping me from going right down the deep end. And, you know, I could have easily been the type of person that would have ended up completely not coping with life, having to quit my job, having, you know, near a mental health breakdown. If I had not had that sort of lifeline and that person who I felt I could openly and honestly confide in. And so seeing my naturopath was not only amazing, it helped me learn so much about tracking my cycle, about like cleansing my body and going through times where I would cleanse, listening to my body and just being in optimal physical health. But it also really helped my mental health. So seeing a naturopath was one of the best things that I think I did on my journey and saw that my naturopath on an ongoing basis. So throughout the whole several years of our journey, I continue and my pregnancy, I continued to see her the next thing that I think made a difference on my journey was my dietary changes. Before we fell pregnant, I was one of those ladies who was like, I love to cook and I'd be in the kitchen, but I'd be making like the whitest white flour choc chip cookies you've ever seen with like mashed potato and mac and cheese and, you know, like all the really carby cheesy foods on the weekends I would make a cheese platter and we would like dig in and it had hardly any veggies in it it was just all the naughty stuff and that was my before like these chocolate these huge chocolate cookies there was a point in my life when I thought that me goring noodles, were a health food and like the instant ones that you get and if you've ever actually looked at the back of the pack now you can see that they're just full of MSG and not full of pretty much any nutrition whatsoever. I used to drink up and go milkshakes in the morning for breakfast so they're like a cereal drink so super convenient actually full of sugar and (laughs) This is just some of the things that I used to do that I thought I was living a relatively healthy lifestyle, but actually wasn't. And then come this journey, you know, even six to 12 months into our journey, discovered that the way that I was eating was just not that healthy At all Uh, and a big focus then came about to eating in a much healthier way a lot less refined carbohydrates a lot more fruit and vegetables a lot more water drinking a lot more water and I really radically changed my diet in the end Uh, lots of juice lots of smoothies again lots of fruit and vegetables and Had I not had my fertility journey, I probably wouldn't be eating as healthy, but the dietary changes that I make, I firmly believe that whatever your fertility concern is, one of the number one changes that you can make to improve your fertility, to improve your egg health and even everything is to make changes to the way that you are eating The number three thing that I did that I think was a smart move on my part was I found community. Well, actually, I ended up obviously, hello, we're here. I created community around myself, like there was not these Facebook groups, there wasn't podcasts or any of that, but I ended up creating this community. I came out on my page. I had so many people reach out to me and I then started making the time to spend time with those people around me it was painful like emotionally painful to be around my friends at that time and I think that one of the biggest problems that we can have is when we don't want to be with our current friends because they don't understand our situation, but we don't go out and make new friends. And I did that. I used to go for a walk once a week with a work colleague who I discovered was also having IVF. And it was just a time to download, to go through you know, what was really hurting us. There was another lady at work who fell pregnant at the same time as we were starting at an IVF clinic. And that fucking sucked and so it was really nice once or twice a week after work to go for a walk with my friend and just let it all out because i really needed that community around me so i created my community the next thing that i did which is so important and which i really hope that you are doing is i advocated for myself i do not know if i would have uh like fallen pregnant as quickly in fact I'm fairly certain I wouldn't have had I not got to this point where I thought actually I think a little bit more testing is required I then got that testing and then that was how we discovered that there was something fishy going on with my immune system and I was put on prednisolone and aspirin after them running further tests but had I not done that I may have endured more miscarriages, more failed cycles, obviously much more money down the toilet and most likely a lot more heartache as well you know I was on the ball I was like this doesn't feel right something feels off here and I advocated for myself to have more testing done and that happened you are the consumer you're the customer in this journey so it's really important that you at the risk of repeating myself a thousand times advocate for yourself You have to be strong here. You're the one that's paying the money. You're the customer, guys. So if you think something isn't off, if you think you're paying money and it's going down the toilet, if you're jacked off that your facility specialist just keeps suggesting the exact same IUI protocol time after time, then you need to change that. Like it's up to you because you are the one that's paying the money because this is your body that all the hormones are going into. It's up to you to kick and scream and ask questions and demand answers and keep people accountable because you are the customer and this is your journey and you are the one that has everything at stake on this journey. So I advocated for myself for additional testing and I got it and it then determined a change in protocol which I then fell pregnant with on the very next cycle. The next thing that I did, which is on the sort of the same regard, is that I just didn't dick around. Like I didn't delay. I see so many people, and it breaks my heart, who uh, feel reluctant to move forward with IVF, but hence don't even go to a fertility specialist or a specialist OBGYN. I really highly recommend that you go to a reproductive endocrinologist over an OBGYN who, you know, is dealing with pregnancies at the same time it will also be better for you in terms of not having to wait in a waiting room with a whole bunch of pregnant women but if you go to someone who deals with infertility and sees endometriosis for example day in day out and knows what they're looking for and knows they've had success with one particular protocol rather than having only done it maybe a handful of times you're obviously going to have a better result but here's the thing, and I've done a whole episode on this, you will not be rushed straight into IVF. It takes so much freaking time when you are going to a fertility clinic. First, there you've got to wait for an appointment. Then you've got to wait for some test results. Then you've got to wait for the follow-up appointment. And then they talk to you about maybe doing one or two treatments that are not IVF like it might just be a bit of clomid or this or timed intercourse and so everything takes so much longer so it might be it was a year for us before we got to IVF it might be even longer for you so don't be afraid that you'll be rushed into IVF or anything like that you may like and I've seen people who have just had low progesterone and needed some progesterone supplements imagine if it was that easy i need all you needed was some progesterone supplements but you delayed going to see someone and getting some tests by two years just because it was something so simple because you were scared that you'd be rushed into ivf and have to you know undergo all the associated treatments No, I didn't delay. I was like straight into the doctors when I was not falling pregnant naturally and booking those cycles, asking you if I can be on the cancellation list for an appointment because I was bloody ready to rock and roll. The next thing that I did, which could be a controversial one, which I hope a lot of you will nod and be like, "Mm -hmm, yes, I forced my effing husband to make some lifestyle changes as well, right? They're 50% of the puzzle. Even if, you know, like, even if, let's say, the reason why you are landing at a fertility clinic is because you have polycystic ovarian syndrome, okay? Even if, you know, it's sort of something that's on your side, that doesn't mean that his sperm would be perfect. He may also have, you know, like, dodgy sperm, or his sperm might not even be in optimal condition. Same in the reverse. Like he may have something going on with him, but that doesn't mean that you're perfect. It takes two to tango. So he has to make lifestyle changes as well. And I forced my husband. My husband is a surfy dude, bricklayer who talks in grunts. And he went to see my naturopath because he had to bloody put in some effort too. He cut right down on his alcohol. He cut right down on his coffee. He stopped wearing jocks and things like that and you know started wearing boxer shorts he made a whole bunch of lifestyle changes in order to improve his sperm counts and it worked they all came up into the normal ranges and they all increased he has to do his part too just like you need to do your part and just because the i guess like inverted commas fault may lie with one person and we're still really fuzzy on what was going on with us which you may never get an answer to certainly we won't but it doesn't matter who it is the other person can still have freaking like you could there's always room for improvement okay you might be within the normal range but you could be spot right bang in the middle of the perfect like range you could be like, you know, there's one out of 10 and 10 out of 10. You could be a beautiful five out of 10 or you could bring yourself from a three to a five, right? So I forced my hubby to make changes. I was like, you need, just need to do this. And I made him go see my naturopath. He ended up taking the supplements. He made all the other changes and that was a good thing for everyone. The very last thing that I did, which hands down i think was a make or break thing and that i talk about all the time it's what this whole i guess podcast my whole instagram everything it has essentially become about is that i addressed my emotions i addressed the unhealthy stress levels that i was experiencing and i want to be really clear in the way that i articulate this to you and i hope it comes across that way I didn't just wake up one day and say oh, I'm gonna just relax or I didn't wake up one day and say I'm just gonna take a holiday and we went to Lombok and then it was all like roses and we fell pregnant no that's not what happened and I don't think that you know like happiness is a choice and positive vibes only it's completely not about that but the stressed out state that I was in created so much inflammation in my body that it triggered my autoimmune response so I've spoken about it a number of times that my body didn't have any immune system issues when we started trying to conceive I developed those in the process of trying to conceive I believe which they were triggered which it's completely plausible that that's the case because of the incredible stress I was under and I was under this incredible stress and by that I mean my body was constantly existing in fight or flight mode and that occurred because I didn't have any healthy coping mechanisms. I then developed those and my whole journey became a trillion times easier. When our body is in fight or flight mode, so many things kind of shut down, stop working optimally, especially with our hormones because, you know, they call it the HPA axis. They're all kind of connected and I was able to sort of bring all of that back into balance. You know, it doesn't mean that it was a joyful, great, amazing experience, but you know when you've taken yourself out of constant fight or flight mode and that's what I was able to do. So I was really proud of myself, you know, for the changes that I made that helped me for pregnant. Was it perfect? No. And that's what we're going to now talk about is what would I have done differently? So if I had my time again, those are the things that I think I, you know, I pat myself on the back for, but what are the things that I would have done differently? So the first thing that I would have done is you know, I would have just got one of those fertility monitors, those ovulation tracker things. I tracked my basal body temperature for something like probably all up about nine months. Do you know how painful that was? And do you know what? I still never had really what I would think would be the perfect like graph on those basal body temperature things so I would have got one of the trackers we'll definitely make sure we put a couple of links to a few different trackers in the show notes but I would have got one of those fertility monitors that would have been like ding ding you're ovulating because it seems I don't even know if they existed at the time but man it seems so much easier than the amount of time that I spent digging around with my basal body temperature thermometer And I tracked my cervical mucus, I tracked all sorts of other things, but damn, I reckon those monitors look like the bee's knees. So I think I would have definitely invested in one of those. The next thing that I would have done is set boundaries with my friends and my family. It's really hard before you're in it to know, isn't it? And, you know, we kept everything a secret, that was freaking hard. And then, we told everyone and it was like a weight had lifted off my shoulders but then it presented this whole new challenge of everybody wanting to know all of my business and that then became too much so I talk about this a lot we have a copy in the library so if you go to com slash library, you'll see I've got this whole free ebook, which is all about how to handle friends and family. And it's like an ebook that you can just basically email to your friends and family. I had a friend when her husband had cancer who sent us an email and said, look, I just want to let you know that Daniel has been diagnosed with cancer. This is the information that you need to do. And this is what you can do to help us. In fact, similar scenario to these Australian bushfires that there's been articles going around saying actually if you want to help this is how you can help and isn't that helpful when people do that like isn't it helpful when someone just tells you what to do and because sometimes often you're actually not sure what to do so it's so helpful when people do that and I think that's what I would have done in hindsight is I would have sent people an email and said look, I want to let you know we're dealing with infertility. And that way, you know what? I can be saying it with tears in my eyes and not feel super shit about it. And I would have sent an email. I would have told people how they can handle it. I would have told people, it's easy for me on the podcast to say to you, when someone says, you know, wants to know your business, just say, you know, what do you call it? Don't call me. I'll call you. It's easy to say that you will say that. In the situation but when the situation actually comes about people actually start you'll say that and then people will still keep asking you questions or you won't have the guts to say it or you'll chicken out at the time and then you'll feel really shit that you did but when you put it in writing in an email and you set some clear boundaries in writing about what's okay and what's not okay people listen And people are really grateful for that. So that's what I would have done because it then came after and right at the miscarriage when I just had everybody asking me, was your cycle successful? How did that go? And I was like, fucking shut up. Anyway, the next thing that I would have done was get my body out of this fight or flight mode earlier. I guess the whole reason why I have this podcast, this business, is because I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. And I triggered a freaking autoimmune condition because of this. Because, like, people can talk about things like meditating, gratitude journals and things like that, and you can just be like, this doesn't even you know, how can these little things possibly work? And it's not about like we get so focused on outcomes that we stop to focus on actually the actions. And it's the actions of like deep breathing that stimulates your vagus nerve because it moves your diaphragm that our vagus nerve triggers our parasympathetic nervous system. Like you don't need to understand the biology of how it works. You just need to take the action. You need to just start accepting and allowing your emotions. And if you can't see, you know, the way through or the way out to do that, then you need to do something like, I don't want to plug the intensive, but join the intensive. Or what I would have done is seen a therapist. Okay. At the time, you know, something like the fertility warrior intensive existed, but therapists existed in my time. I would have seen someone. I would have put my hands up in the air and said, Actually, it's not healthy for me to be such a mess. You know, like it's completely healthy for you to cry every month and grieve the life that you thought you had. But it's up to you to have a look at, is that an appropriate response or is this starting to affect your day-to-day life and the way that you're enjoying your life in total? And if that's the case, you need to do something about it. And that was absolutely the case with me. I wasn't coping on this journey. You know, things were starting to trigger me more and more often. I was starting to just randomly burst into tears all the time. And so, Had I known what I had known known now, I would have seen someone about it. It's too important a thing, you know, as I said, it triggered an immune response and life was shitty. So if I had my time again, I would want life not to be as shitty and so I definitely would have seen someone. And the other thing I would have done was tried to live the most fucking exciting life that I could and, you know, take my foot off the brakes of my life start really trying to enjoy my life again and do exciting things and you know make sure that my life was really amazing alongside the same time as striving for a goal and going through something that I think is real, quite hard so that's it guys. I'd love to hear from you. Screenshot this episode and tag me in your Instagram stories because what I would like to know is what do you think you're doing well on this journey and are there any lessons? Is there anything that you know now that you would do differently based on the knowledge that you have now compared to at the beginning of your journey? I would love to know. So you can find me on Instagram at Robin Birkin. And I want to know, guys, screenshot this episode. Tell me, what would you do differently? Or what are you giving yourself a pat on the back for? That's my list. And I look forward to seeing yours on Insta. Thank you so much for listening. And I cannot wait to catch you at the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Fertility Warriors podcast with me, your host, Robin Birkin. If you'd like more tools, resources, and courses to help you survive your journey, please head to robinbirkin.com. And if you like this podcast, please share it with others. I look forward to catching you at the next episode.